coming up on today's episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We are going to reveal the biggest weakness of money pants. Yes, there is one major weakness. Money Pants is an incredible program. If you use Money Pants, your kids will be hardworking, smart, and talented. Oddly enough, however, this may or may not be a good thing. Today, we're going to discuss why that is and what to do about it. All this and more, but first, the joke of the day. So a man dies and goes straight to hell. He meets Satan in a room with three doors. Satan says, well, I have good news and I have bad news. The bad news is that you have to spend eternity behind one of these doors. But the good news is you can choose which one. So the man opens the first door and there's a sea of people being boiled for eternity in hot oil. Yikes, he thinks, and moves on to door number two. There he sees thousands of people being tortured and poked by demons. Oh, that's even worse, he says, and moves on to door number three. There, he sees crowds of people standing knee-deep in sewage drinking coffee. Well, says the guy, this doesn't look too bad. I choose door number three, and he wades off into the sewage. Just then, Satan yells, okay, everybody, coffee break is over. Back on your heads. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We are your hosts, Hannah and Fontaine Judd, and we're the proud parents of eight sons and seven daughters, ranging in age from newborn to college student. We're both BYU graduates and the creators of Money Pants. Head on over to CaptainMoneyPants.com to learn more about what we do and what we're all about. We believe every person on this planet has been given at least one superpower to help them accomplish their unique mission in life. But... The only way to unlock those superpowers is through work ethic. That's when greatness happens. And that's where Money Pants comes in. Money Pants is the complete tool set for cultivating work ethic in all aspects of a person's life. Today's topic is a little unique. It's about the number one weakness of Money Pants. Where, okay, so Hannah, the whole point of Money Pants as we say in our little intro, it, it's to help people develop their superpowers, to be to be smart and frugal and wise with their money, to be hardworking and to develop their talents. Yeah, so it's the family members. You're like, wow, they're going to be successful. They're, yeah. um, they, they're developing their superpowers. They're going to become superheroes. But there's a problem. <laughs> yeah, there's a big problem. I, yeah, actually, no, the, the <laughs> big problem with money pants is it. And, and this is going to sound funny, but... It works really well. It does. It works, it works really, really well. really well. And you're probably thinking... They will be hardworking. They will have talent. They will have these amazing superpowers. And so you're like, well, how could that be a weakness? Well, because the exact same formula could create a supervillain. Whoop. <laughs> Whoopsies. So you could be training superheroes or you could be training supervillains. And that's one of the problems. Money Pants is so effective that your kids will, or anybody in the family, will develop all these amazing superpowers. But what and if they... And a great work ethic. Yeah, but what if they decide to use those for evil? For evil. For evil. Like, that could be bad. That could be really bad. That's the big problem it with Money Pants. It could happen to you. The it problem- could happen to me. <laughs> So, because your your family members are not going to be fence sitters. So let's put it that way. Yeah. Are they? Are your family members going to use their newfound superpowers for good or evil? Are they going to be a superhero or a supervillain? And it's kind of I don't know. Money pants almost guarantees they're going to be one or the other. Yeah. (laughs) So I think the easiest solution. This will be a short podcast because really, if that's the issue, you probably shouldn't use money pants. (laughs) <laughs> no, just kidding. So I, I think what we should talk about uh, are kind of some examples of what we mean where there's uh, uh, three stories. The first one is the the end of the Roman Empire. They oh, had, no, no, the Roman Republic. It was oh, the end of the Roman Republic. Okay. At the end of the Roman Republic. What's the difference? Bef- the, well, before 800 years, they had this republic going. I'm, I'm was, off it on was, my history, It was I guess. a country like ours. Right. They had representative... I uh, thought the Republic and the Empire ended at the same time. No, no. Then they moved into having dictatorships. And that's when the Empire was... With Julius Caesar and oh. all the Caesars. Oh, okay. Um, where th- they basically took... They had a country like America, like the United States of mm-hmm. America, and that republic, you know how we say a pledge allegiance 
you yeah. know, it, and a lot of, of the, the symbols, America, a lot yeah. of the symbols in our government. And to the republic for yeah, which it stands. Yeah, a lot of the, the symbols in our government are actually Roman symbols from the Roman Republic. Okay. Anyway, that republic came to an end. Power was grabbed by Julius Caesar. Okay. And, and he was the first dictator. But right before that happened, there was the Roman triumvirate. See, that's what I remember from history. Uh, triumvirate. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And so basically three very politically powerful men shared the power in the government. They're, they were the three top guys, but they were still vying for power okay. and trying to be the top dog. Anyway, one of them was a guy named Marcus Licinius Crassus, and he was the wealthiest Roman that we have record of. He had more he had accumulated more wealth than any Roman figure that we know of. Wow. And uh, he was extremely wealthy. Well, he had a successful uh, loaning business, so basically he had a credit card company. And he also had a rent out a slave business okay. <laughs> where he would have well-trained slaves and he would rent them out to people. So so credit card company, uh, loan a slave business. And then, but the best was he had this thriving real estate business and he owned all this real estate. And you're like, okay, well, well, that sounds great. Well, how he went about this real estate business was in Rome. Rome, the way it was built, it was very crowded. And the way the buildings were built, it was very prone to fires. And these fires were awful and very devastating. And Rome did not have an organized fire department, how we have fire departments. That, okay. you know, are, it's a community thing. So... Uh, these devastating fires, Crassus would take advantage of this situation. And he'd see that somebody's house was burning down or their business. And he'd say, hey, your house is burning down. I'd love to buy it for a couple pennies. And they'd be, you know, there was nothing they could do about it. And their property was about to be worthless. And so they would sell it to him for close to nothing. And then he'd go wave down, you know, call in his 400 servants, put out the fire, you know, minimal damage to the building, and then he would fix it, and now he was the new owner. And so that's what he did. He built up a a great real estate business. I don't know if he started any of the fires, but even so, it was just kind of a, a schmucky way to go about... So here he was. ...becoming wealthier and wealthier and wealthier. But it... What cost? And he was a politician, so he wasn't like a you know trying to solve it from that end politically either. Right. Well, no, that's just it. Okay, so here he was, shrewd, great with money, a leader, persuasive, outgoing, great businessman, successful politician. And instead of using those to make the world a better place, he used it to take advantage of other yeah, people. Yeah, using it to help people who were in a hard time. He was doing the opposite. Instead of using his political influence and his social skills and his leadership to create a fire brigade that helped everybody or to redo, you know, the the building code so there were fewer fires or to somehow orchestrate to to eliminate the fires in the city. Or help the families that were victims of these fires. Instead of doing those things, he used his money and power and influence to take advantage of people. That is what we call a supervillain. Yeah. I wonder if that's where the word crass comes from, from this guy. I don't know. So that's first story. Second story, there was this great motivational speaker and he was a leader and a strategist and an author. Incredible leader. Incredible leader. Very motivated. You could not listen to him and not be inspired by this guy. He was a very, very organized, had very high standards, almost a perfectionist. Yeah. That guy's name was Adolf Hitler. He used his superpowers for bad and did a lot of very, very bad things. Another supervillain. And then, not this hasn't happened yet, but here's another example. The third story would be, you know, we have one son of ours who is incredibly stealthy. This kid. <laughs> look, He's a talent. He was, what, two? We were at a swim meet and we took one of the kids to the bathroom in the locker room and he came with and we finished with one of the kids. Go, and we, as we were leaving. He probably started walking backwards or something. I don't he, know. He had a tendency to do that. He carefully hid himself in one of the lockers. 
And had my wife not seen out of the corner of her eye him do it, we would have never found him. That was it. It's, it's the funniest. He's, uh, this is a two-year-old. And he was so silent. He couldn't He's, even talk, really. He, this is a superpower. <laughs> like Stealth is a, is a superpower. And he has it. Anyway, he could go one of two ways. He could, he could head special forces and save lives. Or he could become a crime boss and rob banks and steal treasure and do all sorts of horrible things. He could go either way. He could become a superhero or he could become a supervillain. And... And that's just it. You know, yeah, we, uh, oh, yeah. And he has quite the brain for strategy. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, like, just incredible. He, he's that kid. Like, like uniquely talented in this area. So, yeah, what? but what he does with it. Well, I think, Hannah, I think a lot of parents ah. look at their children. And I think inherently parents look at their children and go, I see this potential. Mm-hmm. To some degree, and obviously some kids are, have more potential or it's more obvious earlier or later or whatever, and, and it's in different categories. But every parent, I think, looks at their kid and goes, I could see you doing great good with this. But that's just it. If you have this great capacity for good, the pendulum swings both ways. You also have the great capacity for bad. And Money Pants just enhances that capacity. And so instead of just, oh, my kid's a hero or my kid's a, a villain, no, we're going to, Money Pants helps your kids be superheroes or supervillains. And that's a problem. That's a major problem. Because well, we have, Hannah, Well, you we, know, as parents, I mean, I think most of us, you know, I'm sure there are exceptions, but most of us, we're only thinking about the great things our kids yes. could do. And, and that's exciting. That's why we're like teaching them and training them is we have this vision of doing of, great good in the their, world of their amazing potential yes. and yes. that's so nobody fun. That's nobody raises fun. a kid going i'm gonna raise the next adolf hitler i can't wait to I raise know. The have next... you ever thought of that like you're no. holding your little baby you're like oh little My adolf so sweet. what if it's adolf hitler <laughs> you know i don't know i am i the only one who does that no oh. no <laughs> no so but, but you bring up a good point oh. where i think you you our, our kids Come. Like, you wonder if his mom ever expected that. <laughs> Were you expecting that? <laughs> yeah. Mrs. A- Mrs. Hitler, did you expect your son to grow up to be who he was? Oh, I knew from when he was a little baby. He just had that mustache. No, I, you know, I, I don't think so. I think most parents look at their kids and go, man, this kid's going places. It's going to be awesome. And then somewhere along the way, they get derailed or sidetracked or something, and they become... Supervillains uh-huh. instead of superheroes, and the parents go, "Wait, where did I go wrong?" And they're scratching their heads, going, "Man, I it was their eighth birthday, or I don't know where the." Well, I once read. I was actually curious about this because I was in film school, and I'm like, "What makes a bad person bad?" And I I started reading books about the, the notorious people in history, trying to get an idea of you know what got them there, and it's funny. I came to the conclusion that it wasn't that they didn't have values. Mm-hmm. It was that their values were out of order. Right. And where, where, oh, yeah, they were hardworking and they were a great scientist and blah, blah, blah. But that came more, that was more important than other human beings. Right. That was more important than God. That was more important than anything else. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. They valued order and perfection above, you know. Above human life. Above human life. Oh wait! All of a sudden, you have a a super criminal all on your hands. All of a sudden, you hands. have eugenics and euthanasia. Yeah. And, yeah, and so it wasn't actually that they didn't have values and didn't have good qualities. The problem was is that their values were out of order. Right. And they they basically science was their god, or and that can be really scary. Yeah, you don't want somebody, but they were very good at what they did. Right. Um, so, so anyway, so that's... Oh, that's oh so in, that's just it. Success does not mean you're a good person. Yeah. So we need to make sure we're, we're very clear on that. Just because you're successful at something and uh, have a superpower and you've developed that superpower, it doesn't mean you're a superhero. <laughs> you could be a supervillain, which by the way, that, those are the best. Those movies where the supervillain doesn't realize that they're a supervillain and they're just, they've developed their superpowers and they're like, yeah, this is what you do. And they don't realize they're off track. Yeah, because those are the scariest villains yes, when they actually those the, believe in what they're doing. Yeah, as uh, opposed to the, the, the comic book ones where they're bad because they want to be bad. No, nobody wants to be bad. It just happens if they don't if, they're, if their if values their get values out of order. their values are out of whack. So, and we, Hannah, Hannah, we have some very talented children, and if they get pointed in the wrong direction, they could do a lot of damage. Um, okay, so I guess that, that little 
I don't know, intro? Really? Well, no, <laughs> That's it, a funny intro. It, I think this has been our best intro. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> so how do you direct those superpowers for good? How do you, I don't know, how do you direct it? How do you turn the tide in your favor? How do you, well, here it is. Because children are robots, all you have to do is press the right button combination and it'll do exactly what you say. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're people. They have agency. They make their choices. You know, so it's really up to them. All, all you can do as a mom and a dad and his family members is to encourage and uh, um, teach. You and have teach. to teach. That, that, that's really all you can do. And, and mo- well, we're going to talk about some of, the, some of the tools you have at your disposal. But basically, if one of your kids or one of your family members is using their superpowers for bad, you almost wish they didn't have them. You know, it'd be, it'd be, you're thinking, man, it would be better if they didn't have these superpowers than using them for bad. And that's just it. You, there's no guarantee that your kids won't use their powers for bad. There's no guarantee. So, like we said before, you know, what the easiest solution is just, you know, not to use money pants at all. <laughs> a better solution would be to stack the odds in your favor. And, you know, there's that famous quote attributed to C.S. Lewis, basically, to, to paraphrase, education without morals is just raising clever devils. If you don't give your kids a structure or these these morals and these values in the right order when you're giving them all these all these skills and they're developing these superpowers you essentially are creating super villains money pants without morals create super villains and so... it's scary to think about it but it this program is I'm not tooting my own horn. It's just, it, this is how, it, it's that effective. So when, when teaching and training your kids, you have to include a system of values so that they know when to use their superpowers, how to use their superpowers, and why they they have these superpowers and what they're for. And that that's, that's why those morals are so important. Otherwise, they will use, well, here we go, superpower abuse. Here are some examples. You know, uh, maybe the, your kid or your one of your family members has the the superpower money. of money and They're money management money yeah. Pants themselves. yeah well they could easily just become you know develop a, a pyramid scheme or become enron or maybe they're a computer genius well yeah they could use that superpower to become a hacker and take advantage of others you know like ra- hold people uh, ransom and, and 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 steal all their information like you could be one of those people or maybe your family member has the superpower of a strong body and physically fit and athletic, and they could become, you know, muscle for the mob. They could be an enforcer for the mob. You know, you're like, um, maybe not the best use of your superpowers there, Bob. Or maybe they're really good with business and they become a drug dealer. <laughs> or maybe they have incredible musical talents and they end up making rap. <laughs> or worse, country. <laughs> <laughs> just okay. kidding. Oh, or maybe they could, you know, maybe they have really good social skills and they're, you know, the social butterfly and they end up using it to bully and coerce and punish others by excluding them. You know, a social media bully using social media as their bully pulpit and to tear others down instead of building them up. You know, I'm not going to name names, but I think everybody knows somebody like that who uses their social skills and their social status and their ability to uh, communicate to hurt others rather than to build others up. They're influencers, but yeah. yeah. But influence. Yeah. But what type of influence are they exerting? Is it for good or for bad? Just because you're an influencer doesn't mean you're good. <laughs> okay. Um, or maybe they're maybe maybe your family member has the superpower of being persuasive, and they have the the leadership superpower, but instead they decide to use it to trick people into buying stuff they don't need and can't afford. Or maybe it's a lousy product. You know, like. Like a used car salesman. Nothing against those legit used car salesmen. I'm just talking the traditional used car salesman, Danny DeVito, his character in Matilda, where he knew he was selling somebody a pile of poo, but did it anyway because he would make money. Those are the people I'm talking about. Maybe your family member has the superpower of filmmaking, photography, design, all these amazing artistic abilities. And instead they use that to make nasty movies filled with, I don't know, sex and graphic violence, you know, like the dark underbelly of Hollywood. Or maybe your family member has the superpower of science. Maybe they just, you know, those people that they just, it all makes sense, the chemistry and the math and the physics and the, it just all makes sense to them and they end up becoming Walter White, (laughs) you know? (laughs) 
<laughs> where, where they or developing well, chemical weapons. Yeah, exactly. Or, where they yeah. use it for bad. And then you know, a couple more examples. Maybe your maybe your family member has the amazing ability of of speech, and uh, kind of like with the, the Hitler example before, where persuasion, the speech and debate and persuasive argument, and they become a lawyer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, then, we're having. <laughs> We're having too much fun. And then the last one, the, the last example of like the superpower abuse that I was thinking of was, you know, maybe maybe your family member has the ability, uh, they're, they're just in tune with medicine and human anatomy, and they use that to perform abortions or engage in uh, euthanasia, where it's like, well, wow, that's... You could have used it You could have used it to the make the world a better place, place, instead you're using it for bad. Anyway, so those are kind of like some of our, some of our examples of how superpowers could easily be abused. And we're not talking, and I guess that's part of the problem, Hannah. When we talk about superpowers, people think of like, oh, the Avengers, or you think about like all these kind of cartoonish characters, but we actually believe people have these innate, amazing abilities within themselves to make the world a better place. But if they misuse them, they really could make the world a worse place. And we're seeing that, I think, in our day and age, that's becoming more and more prevalent because of the amount of opportunities available to develop these superpowers that just weren't even available 50 years ago, where people can develop amazing superpowers that weren't even an option 50 years ago. And here, money pants is we're at the forefront. We're like, okay, and this is how you do it. And this is the most effective way to do it. And it's really, really effective. And oh yeah, by the way, if you don't do it right, you're going to raise a supervillain. <laughs> so... <laughs> Which begs the question, I think, what values should you teach? We say you got to have values and they got to be in the right order, but what are those values? What what are the key values that, that you should teach that you have to teach your children and model for your children in order for them to not become supervillains or at the very least ensure to the highest degree possible that they don't become supervillains? To, to stack the odds in your favor, what are those main or key uh, values that the kids should, or family members, I keep saying kids, but I mean fa- all family members because moms and dads aren't exempt exempt from this. Um, and I think that the main, in my mind, Hannah, there are three. <clears throat> there are three main values that every family member has to learn. Every parent has to teach their children when it comes to developing their superpowers. And here, here they are. Number one, they need to learn love of God. Number two, they need to be 100% honest. Integrity. And number three, kindness. So, and I I think, okay, this is not a religious podcast, but we do mention God because we believe that there is a higher power and you are accountable to that higher power. And that higher power is love. And all of a sudden, once you have that framework, it really changes how you treat others. If there is a higher power and you're accountable to that higher power and that higher power is all about love, then you need to be treating other people the way that... That becomes your priority. Yeah, is to treat other people the way that higher power would want you to. If that's your number one priority. And that that's why we put that as number one, the, yeah. a love of God. Yeah. The second one is honesty. And you said integrity, but they, they go hand in hand where honesty... If, well, I, I would say the second one is actually kindness. Like, well, I think that's a corollary to the first one. So, yeah, okay, you could yeah, do that. Yeah, the second, where, one, the second most important one is kindness. Treating other, and we're not talking about being nice. And that's, a, I guess, that's a different topic. But yeah. being nice is not the same as being kind. You can be kind without having to be nice. Nice is that wimpy saying things that don't hurt people's feelings. Kind could be saying something that somebody needs to hear that may they may not want to hear. That's still being kind because you have their best interest at heart, not your own. That's the difference. Kindness and niceness, they're not the same. We're talking about being kind, not nice. You don't like that word nice. Oh, I do not like the word nice. Okay. Yeah, it's it's uh, basically the golden rule where you treat others how you would want to be treated mm-hmm. and you well, only have your a true, love. Only your true friends will tell you your face is yeah, dirty. You have a love for others, a deep and abiding love for others. And you want what's best for them. Them as well it's as not, yourself. It's not selfish. Yeah. So kindness is not selfish, whereas niceness a lot of times is. Oh, that's a good point. So, and then the third one is is honesty. And this is, Hannah, you said integrity, but they, they, they go hand in hand. But I'm talking that... Well, integrity is a little broader. 100% honesty. 
honest. Mm -hmm. And so if if honesty is being 100% honest with others, then integrity would be being 100% honest with others and yourself. Where if you say you're going to do something, even if nobody hears it, you still do it. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not accountable to somebody else, only to yourself, you still do it. That That's what mm-hmm. integrity is. Doing the right thing. Even when even, nobody else is even watching. Even when no one is watching. Or you think nobody else is watching. And even when nobody else knows. That's mm-hmm. integrity. So, um, but but those those are like the big three. Love of God, kindness, and honesty. But I think others that other values to incorporate would include respect for human life, which, I mean, comes from, that is a natural extension of the love of God and of being kind, but also how about humility? <laughs> no, mm-hmm. After all, nobody likes an arrogant superhero. Um, yeah, respect for your body. Yes. Chastity. There's a lot of them. So I guess the big question <clears throat> is, how do you teach these values? How do you teach morals? Well, isn't that the age-old question? Isn't that the age-old question? You know, <laughs> the easy. Okay, first of all, I think this should go without saying, but the easiest way to teach anything is by example. The problem is you can't teach what you don't know. Yeah. Well, like if you're so, being dishonest and like, how are you? Uh, how do you expect your kids taking to, advantage of other people, and your kids see you doing that, and you're like, hey, be honest. They're like, no, your actions spoke a little bit louder. Yeah. They're they're gonna be learning the wrong thing from you if you're doing the wrong thing. They'll be observing the wrong yeah. thing. Monkey see, monkey do. Like kid kids emulate their parents. That just normally. Again, yeah. these are. It's not always the case. Sometimes good kids come out of bad families, and sometimes bad kids come out of good families. It everybody's different. Yeah, everybody's so you unique. You can't really judge somebody else's situation by meeting um, their family. By meeting, yeah. <laughs> you can't judge another person by meeting their family. It's just it's not fair because you can't choose your family. I had a friend who was like Matilda, who she's just the nicest girl, just like socially aware, and um, I met her family, and wow. I just was like, it didn't, it was like Matilda where you're like, uh, how did. Nasty mother, nasty father, nasty siblings. And then there's you and you're like, wait, what? (laughs) Where'd you come from? Where do you fit in here? Oh, were you adopted? (laughs) Yeah. But you can see the opposite as well. Like, yeah. I I think everybody can know somebody who didn't turn out very well, who was from a good family and Mm -hmm. vice versa. People who are from not so good families turned out okay. Where it. Everybody's different. But what what we're saying is to stack the odds in your favor. Yes. You want to teach values and morals. And so first is example. The second, though, is you want to explicitly teach. And this is a new concept where it used to be the concept, the idea was, oh, if you set a good example for your kids, they'll they'll follow suit. And maybe that did work for well, a long yeah, time. If society supported those values and they got enough of it. I mean, they used to teach values in school. Yeah. Like they used to like pray in school they used to like teach basic basic values in school yeah. and, and now it's uh, kind of been run out yeah where, but even even any sort of moral code has been chased out of public school now private public school, school is different yeah but, but public school so unfortunately but if you're just kind of saying hey i'll be a good person it's not enough anymore well no there's a recent study hannah where they compared data from only i think it's 30 years ago where the vast, they asked the ch- kids in school if cheating was okay. And the vast of the kids said, no, I think it was like 90-something percent. And now a, a large portion of them, of them had admitted to actually cheating, but they still believed it was wrong. Then they redid it very recently, a group of kids, same-age kids, and they said, hey, is, is, how many of you have cheated? And most of them said the same thing. About the same amount of kids uh, admitted to cheating as the study from 30 years ago. So that hadn't really changed. Same kids are, were, were cheating. The difference was the number of kids who thought it was okay. Oh, no. It was like 70% of the kids thought it was okay to cheat. Whereas before, it was like 5% thought it was okay to cheat 30 years ago. Today, 70% thought, oh, yeah, it's fine. As long as you get what you need or what you want or it ends up well in, in your behalf. And it's like, oh. <gasps> Because, Hannah, we've gotten rid of teaching values. We are raising an entire generation of supervillains, well, and that, it's scary. That was uh, Trixie's experience in one of her classes. They asked, you know, by show of hands, how many of you would cheat if you could get away with it? Mm. She was shocked because almost her entire class raised their hand. And it, she said the only people who didn't were 
her two friends that were sitting next to her and her and that's her influence and and the teacher asked her well why wouldn't you cheat and she said because i'm a christian because that's not because okay it's wrong? it's wrong god doesn't want me to cheat and, and it undermines my own, my own value and integrity and my and values. I, even if I could, I'm not going to do that. And so, so the difference there was she had she believed in a higher power, being and, responsible and to being a higher responsible power. Responsible to yeah. a higher power. It didn't matter if she could get away with something. So, so that's the that's the unfortunately that is going away. And what what will happen to society? If, but that's what I'm saying. Like we're <laughs> we're develop. We've already given a list of all those supervillains, mm-hmm. and what could possibly happen if you raise supervillains. And yet here we are in our society, raising an entire generation of supervillains. <laughs> or as C.S. Lewis, the, the quote attributed to C.S. Lewis, you know, education without morals is just training clever devils. Um, yikes! I guess maybe. Money pants is the solution. Well, it's like the Trixie was frustrated last night because she wanted to sign up for a website, study.com. And I said, I don't want to give my, my credit card because you could do a free trial, but you had to give them your credit card. And I said to her, honey, I, I don't want to give my credit card because th- there was some other company that was well known and people required a credit card mm-hmm. and the, people couldn't cancel it. Yep. Their customer service wouldn't answer the phone. They couldn't cancel it. And she said, yeah, but if, if, I, if I owned the company, study.com, I would want people to enter their credit card because I wouldn't want people to misuse my website and you know just keep creating fake emails and mm-hmm. getting it free yep. indefinitely. And I'm like, wow, so we're kind of stuck in a situation where our businesses have been dishonest and individuals have been dishonest and that trust in society is breaking down and so you can't offer things like yep. that because the dishonesty has gone both ways. All right, so how to teach values and morals, first by example. Se- second, you got to explicitly teach these things, but then like, kind of let, let's break that down a little bit. Like, what do you mean by specifically teach it? Well, here you go. And here, here are some ideas. <clears throat> and the app actually has a whole bunch of these great ideas, but let's just, here are some. Daily scripture study, family prayer, go to church, service projects, um, good book series, uh, watching uh, what, what sort of media you, you partake and allow into your home, and then making sure, being picky about who teaches your children and who influences them, and then Spending one-on-one time with your kids. These are all like really good ways to instill those values. And I think, uh, let's just break those down a little bit, Anna. We got daily scripture study. Traditionally, throughout history, that was the moral code by which societies survived. Especially here in America, we were a Bible-toting society. And I know some people in recent years have rebelled against it, but really, if you have a problem with the Bible, go try reading the book of John again and tell me what part of love one another and serve one another you really dislike. Because (laughs) Jesus was a pretty darn good example of exactly the type of society I think everybody in the world would like, where he put others first, was looking out for others, stood up for those who were mistreated, stood up for the abused, the neglected. If you don't like it, it's probably because you don't understand it. Maybe the language at the time or something like that. We have a bunch of different translations too if if the King James Version doesn't sit well with you for whatever reason. But man, it's hard to to misunderstand Jesus when he says, love one another, serve one another. If someone smites you on one cheek, turn to them the other cheek. It's kind of hard to misinterpret that. And then reading about his life, it's really hard to misinterpret anything other than, oh, that's a very loving man who understood how to treat other people. Well, it, it would say daily scripture study. And the reason it's daily is a human memory. Uh, they've done experiments in psychology. Human memory is terrible. So sometimes people will say, oh, I, I've read the Bible once or I've read hmm. this once. Yeah, but the way human memory works or doesn't work, (laughs) you actually have to be reading it regularly or Mm. you forget and you forget very quickly. Well, maybe not. Okay. There's a couple of reasons. That is a big one where there are so many pages in scripture 
that have maybe the answer to the very question you're facing. Yeah, where maybe you weren't dealing with that situation before. Yeah, when you and, read it the first time. Yeah. But then the flip side is you're inundated with negativity and anti-scriptural, anti-do-good-to-other-people messages. messages. yeah. And so it's that you need that daily dose of, I don't know what you would call it, the daily dose of, of, of energy to combat mm-hmm. the negativity. That, and truth. Uh, truth. Also you truth. know what? That's need, what it is. You need your soul filled with truth. I mean, because you could, we, we've we talked about this, you can pick up these, you know, self-help books or motivational books. And they're nice. Books. They're, but, they're, they're nice, but they're not necessarily true. Did you catch the negativity in my voice when I said that word? Nice. They're nice. <laughs> it's true, not though. Not necessarily so, true. So, so go to the truth. And and fill your soul up with that. And, oh, that goes a long way. It really does, uh, Hannah. But but so you want to nourish your spirit with the truth is basically the idea. And like nourishment, it has to be done daily. You feed yourself daily. And so one thing that helps us, which if if maybe your family is struggling to have family scripture study, we found that the best way. It was easier when we had little kids because little kids... They can't you know, escape. They can't escape, yes. Well, I would... I, They're a captive audience. Like little For little kids, I... That sounds terrible. If you have very, a very young family, the thing that worked well for me was to put my kids to bed, sit out in the hallway outside their bedroom doors, and read scriptures to them. And they really liked that. And as long as their heads were down, I would read to them and I'd keep the door open. And so actually helped them go to sleep and they enjoyed the scriptures. As our kids have gotten older, though, and we have kids in high school and all different ages, we've moved over to we found that the best thing to do was have scripture study with the main meal of the day. The meal that had the most people there. Whether it was lunch um, or dinner. Whether it was lunch or dinner. Never it was br- never breakfast yeah, for some reason. Um, we we have uh, have our meal, and right after the meal, we just have scripture study there at the table while everybody's there. Sometimes I'll do it while people are still eating. Yeah. Because but, they're quiet and they can listen while they eat. It actually helps. But yeah, they're calmed down, yep. and you know we've ha- we've had pleasant conversation, and and now it, I found that if we do it that way, there's a lot more discussion. Um, That's if true. We did it at yeah. mealtime because people aren't like in a hurry. They're sitting down. They're and it's right before it's right before time. job time. Anyway, so it yeah. kind of helps us remember we're nourishing our bodies and our spirits at the same time, but we're not having to figure out two separate times to gather everyone together. So that's like an efficiency thing. Um, which we're all which about. Which is what we're all about. So, so, <laughs> so that's number one. Is, says the lady with 15 children. Yeah. One of, <laughs> number one idea was, was scripture study. To, to teach those values. And traditional Christian values really go a long way to alleviating a lot of these problems. Whether it's dishonesty or fighting or treating others poorly or, or what have you. Um, and, and the one that goes hand in hand with that, number two, would be family prayer where there's something, I don't want to use the word magical, but it kind of feels that way. There's something unifying about everybody getting together. And in our family, we all hold hands and we all form a circle and we uh, pray for one another out loud. And for some reason, hearing, first of all, hearing one of my younger children pray for one of their older siblings to do well on their test or on the game or whatever, man, that melts my heart as a dad. That melts my heart. But also, I notice for the older sibling, they're like, oh, that was really cool. And it engenders that. that. <laughs> it engenders that sense of unity. Going back to the whole team analogy, which we love, if the family's a team and mom and dad are coaches, what doesn't it build uh, that sense of unity if everybody's pulling for each other and wishing the best for each other and hoping the best for each other and, and being... Asking and, God and, for the best. And uh, Yeah, and asking us a higher power for help with that. I mean, that just, to me, that makes a lot of sense. And then, of course, the next, the number three one was uh, was church, where, again, traditionally, that's where people got their their values. That's where they learned what values were. And if, you know, if maybe they weren't good at reading the scriptures. Maybe they didn't understand the scriptures, but they had the preacher or the pastor expounding and explaining it. They're like, okay, I got it. That's and a good starting place. I would hope and pray that pastors would be in tune, mm-hmm. and they would read the scriptures and actually know what they're supposed to be teaching. Nothing irritates me more. I've gone to churches where the pastors did not teach the scriptures. And I was like, what are you doing? 
You, you got have the Bible. You have one job, buddy. You have one job, and you're not doing it. Man, you, yeah, I've heard. I've heard. You're gonna that, have to answer to that yeah, higher power. Yeah, I've heard. Um, one lady once, a friend of ours once referred to those types of preachers as ear ticklers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that ear ticklers. Ear ticklers. They weren't actually teaching the. They were just trying to be popular. Yeah. and and that's not their job. That's not their job. You want to be job, popular? Get on Facebook. Yeah. Get an Instagram account. Be an underwear <laughs> model. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. okay, so next up, you want to do service projects. This, again, going back to uh, the, the whole team idea, I've noticed a lot of times these pro teams will go and do service in the communities where they play, the Baltimore Ravens or the uh, Chicago White Sox. Or the, these teams will actually go into the community mm-hmm. and do home repairs or go do uh, reading books with the kids or, or whatever it may be. And it, again, it, and they, they call it giving back, but it's not really giving back per se. It's just contributing to the wellness of society. Yeah, but but back to like the core values of being kind. And if you're regularly doing that, you just become more aware Grounded. of others. And also you just, you realize this is what I want to do. Like that th- this is where my talents should be going. Right. And is is to use them in ways to bless other people. And one time it, it was really cool. My I had a daughter who was developing, had taken some singing classes and music classes, and she organized a show at the nursing home for the elderly people there who couldn't get out. Who couldn't get out? Mm-hmm. And Let me I, rephrase that. Who couldn't get out on their own and do things and go to shows and stuff because yeah. they're, they're basically locked in. Yeah, so she used her musical talents and she also uh, had a lot of friends and a good influence and was able to pull a lot of her friends to come come with her. And it wasn't that she was like this amazing singer. She was, she was kind of a beginning level singing. She had a lovely voice, but... But I, I could see on the faces of the people, it meant so much to them. And so right. I was like, good. This is what you use your talents for. This meant a lot to them. Uh, it was a good opportunity for you to see what your talents were for. Perfect. And yeah, anyway. Um, another, n- number five, was an idea was the Help Me Be Good book series by Joy Berry. And Hannah, I've read a lot of those. And they're just these little, I don't know, 20 page little books for kids with cute drawings and funny drawings but they're they they explain concepts to kids where what it means to tattle what it means to be honest what it means to overdo it what it means to break things what what it means to be a friend and i'm like these are really good they're probably the best written i i I, i'm hopefully there i mean there are other books out there but out of all the ones that i've found where you for supporting Teaching kids, uh, young kids, values. They're simple. Just five minutes. Um, they, explain concepts. And the kids really like the books. They're Because they're funny. Yeah, they're funny. And, and a little clever, but... But I've learned from Pretty reading straightforward. Them. I've learned from reading them, like, how to explain things to my kids. Oh, that was another thing. Yeah, it like actually tattling. Helped, yeah. It actually helped me define it and explain it to them and the underlying concepts and, and things like that. Anyways, I highly recommend It's called Help Me Be Good, and uh, the author is Joy Berry. Well, and along those lines, the next book series we would recommend would be the American Girl books. And I've been very impressed with how classy... Um, and and tasteful those books are. And those are kind of geared more towards tweens and teens, whereas the Help Me Be Good books are kind of more for younger kids. Well, I, I think um, tweens would be more tweens? for the American girl. Like it, uh, probably girls 8 to 13-ish. Yeah. And those, those are surprisingly good. I was very impressed with those. And then, of course, going back to the whole church thing, churches have teaching magazines and videos. And some of our favorites, actually, we love... The Jehovah Witnesses, they have a thing on YouTube. Is it called Whiteboard? Is that what it's called? Whiteboard? Um, yeah. So the whiteboard on their, videos? On their site, I have a friend who's a Jehovah's Witness. Who, or, well, she came over to my house and we became friends. Anyway, so she was giving me the resources. She saw I had a big family. So she was uh, showing me the resources her church had. Mm-hmm. And on their website... Under the youth area, they have a thing called whiteboard videos. Called, yeah, something like whiteboard. that. Whiteboard. And they were great. 
very useful. So we watched them and then discussed them with our kids. They are great and discussion starters. Yeah. And uh, well, and then they had one but other. The thing, the thing I like even more, though, is they gave us these books. And if, if you have the Jehovah Witnesses come by, this is what you want to ask them for. It's called Questions Young People Ask. And we have volumes one and two. Those are fantastic. They're they, very well written. They're incredibly well written. And they teach the values and the things like, what if I don't like my stepmom? Or should I be having uh, premarital relations with my boyfriend? Or is it okay to cheat? Like all of these questions yeah, and and that they pose in the book. And then they give like a scriptural example of, of what, the, what God says about it. But then they give practical advice about how to implement it. And it's very well written. I was like, dang, these are good. Yeah, these they're are really, really good. good. So don't, uh, you know, you're like, ah, oh, it's the Jehovah's Witness at my door. Yeah, no, next time open the door, say, okay, so I have a favor to ask of you. Could you get me your books? There's two of them. Quest- Questions young people yeah. ask. Could I have a copy? Don't waste the opportunity when they come knocking, okay? All right? And the same thing goes with the, the church. It doesn't of, matter what uh, religion you are. Just go ahead and ask them. The same thing goes with the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They have the For the Strength of Youth pamphlet, which is also really good. Yeah, it's all about values. It's about like, uh, it covers a whole range yep. of things. Even like, it, uh, Now, the interesting thing on that one is it actually covers things from, you know, um, premarital relations and honesty and dancing and media and dress and appearance, but also abuse. And I was like, there's some good stuff in here Mm -hmm. that would be very helpful to... Addiction. And that's geared more towards older kids. So we have some... We have some stuff geared towards younger kids, like the Help Me Be Good series. We've got the kind of the mid-range kids with with the, the American girl. And then we've got... Um, maybe older kids with the Jehovah, Jehovah Witnesses uh, questions young people ask, and also the the Church of Jesus Christ has the For the Strength of Youth pamphlet. I think those are really good resources to teach those basic values. And oh, I guess we'll talk about well, like when, when to do it in a Sunday, second. Yeah, like on Sundays, you can pull out a, a section from any one of those resources mm-hmm. or one of the videos or something. Read it, watch it, and and then talk about it with your kids. Well, that's just it. So that's the next suggestion was to read books to your children and then discuss the values. And that would be a And that's book. any book. Yeah, yeah, any book. No, no. I'm that I think the the church uh, like pamphlet things Those are great discussions. Those are, are great for like I think Sundays. Like, or, or right after dinner, that could week. be. Well, that could be your yeah, yeah. Family but, study. but but if you're doing scripture study during the week, maybe like on Sundays, do you know, do a little extra family discussion. Hey, we're fam- going to talk about family dating devotional and, or something, and proper sure. dating relationships. You know. But another tool you have at your disposal is pretty much any book you read. You guys could read as a family, and then discuss the values. I remember we did that with when my oldest started reading, and she wanted to read these teen. I get to, the books geared towards teens, and I'm like, well, I have to read it. Because we don't allow media in the home that we're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. And I ended up reading, and I'm not going to say what it was, but I ended up reading this teen fantasy series. And it had some stuff in there that was pretty questionable. But it gave the opportunity for me to talk to my daughter about those things. Because we read it basically at the same time. And I was able to talk to her about, well, you know, what do you think about what this character did? And was that okay? And yes or no? And why or why not? And it really kind of opened my daughter's mind to... And I'm not going to say critical analysis because that's not what we were doing, but to actually think about. Was that okay? <laughs> yeah. What, to think about what you're reading and what it means and how it influences you and how it influences your thought process. <laughs> well, that's like the little mermaid. <laughs> you're like, um, okay, that, so what happened here? <laughs> that uh, if you disobey your parents and do whatever you want and get involved intimately with a member of the opposite sex, it'll all work out. That's the message. Like, if you disobey your parents, it'll all work out in your favor. <laughs> um, pretty sure that's not the message we want to teach our children. But uh, no. I digress. Okay. Um, but if we watch that, we never watch that as a family because I don't, I don't like that movie. <laughs> we but if we did, to. if we did, that would be my commentary. Yeah. Which leads easily in, uh, which leads into the next idea. If you're going to read books with your children, uh, or to your children for that matter, watch shows together and then discuss afterwards. Those are great teaching moments. You know, Hannah, you were talking about um, you guys, oh. anytime anytime you take, anytime you read or take in media, it can be a teaching moment and should be a teaching moment. Yeah. Um, I don't think that you should be overtly involved with anything that is 
graphic uh, nudity, violence, well, yeah, sex. F- you can bleep those. If you want to watch some of these shows, there's that great service called VidAngel. But if you're going to watch a show, you should watch it as a family oh, and um, discuss it because it can be a teaching moment. So you would watch that show, um, Say Yes to the Dress. Yeah, yeah. And- so I'd watch Say uh, Yes to the Dress, which is a good show. It's a good show. It's a about girls going into a high-end uh, um wedding shop wedding dress shop and and picking trying to pick out their dress for their wedding day it's kind of a simple show you know i had a bunch of little girls uh, or teen young teen girls and they we enjoyed watching it together but you know different clients would come in and sometimes you know they'd be obnoxious bridezilla yeah there there would be issues and i i liked watching it with my kids and then being you know, pointing these things out, saying, oh, what happened there? And what did you think about that? And, and what she said, what she did, yeah, what how, was going on how there? She was treating and, other people. And it really, you know, it got my daughters thinking that was terrible. And how could she do that to her, her parents or, mm. you know, that sort of thing. Or we also liked that show, What Not to Wear. That was, it was a fantastic show. And we were able to talk about, hey, well, how did, how did how did she look before and how did was she coming across and was she trying to look that way and why and what did that communicate and what, what did was it mean? she communicating and it gets the little kids brains churning and going wait a minute oh wearing that means that and if i look like this people will think that and because it and does matter. I'm not matter. showing respect to myself, or I don't think very much of myself if I dress this mm-hmm. way. And and anyway, it it was it was great. And uh, we also watched um, Breaking Bad with oh, our older right. kids. Uh, we watched it on VidAngel. And how VidAngel works is you can uh, put the settings so you can take out any language, any scenes that may have violence you can decide what you want to take out yeah you could you can rate it yourself from g up to r if, whatever the show if you, oh yeah. i just want to bleep all the all the language but the violence doesn't bother me or i the the language these words don't bother me but these They'll ones even do let yeah. you bleep out immodesty like yep. if somebody's dress is too low cut you yep. know so so it's a, it's a really great it's, it's a, a great, great service. way yeah. uh because you know you don't need you know bad language and things like that well, and, okay. and running around in your that's your just kids. it, Hannah. We we talk about reading to your kids and watching and partaking of media with your kids. Well, what you teach your kids is just as important as what you don't teach them. Mm-hmm. So, because kids model what they see, monkey see, monkey do, and so you've got to be picky about what modeling your kids witness and experience. If they witness violence and language and and nudity and all these things on tv they're going to think that's normal and, with and no right consequences ah, with no consequences but if mom and dad are there and you're discussing these things as a family you can see these things and again we suggest kind of bleeping all the the explicit stuff but still we watched breaking bad as a family edited the uh, edited no, version, but only with the older kids because we didn't feel like yeah, the, the younger, younger ones would understand, understand it. they'd get the wrong but it message. was a, we had great discussions afterwards of well what, what do you think about that and, and why? the consequences and, oh and, so good and the, i feel like our kids really got a better view of the influence of media but also the uh, the choices that we make and how they affect and of course that show does show how it's a tragedy the whole show's a tragedy it's where the hero well, don't, don't oh, spoil it for people no, who haven't no, seen no, it no, no, no. but it does it the, the show is a tragedy but it shows the consequences of actions in an accurate way and yeah it, it in really, an amazingly accurate way it was really well done it, and it opened up a lot of discussions for our family and i, I like that um on the, the flip side there was that movie we watched years ago called the count of monte cristo <laughs> and i was really disappointed because it was all about revenge and the theme was, if this guy goes for revenge, the girl warned him, hey, if you go for revenge and if you see this through, I, I can't be with you. I can't be with somebody who's filled with hatred and revenge and all this. And the guy ended up saying whatever and got his revenge anyway and killed the bad guy or whatever. And he got the girl anyway. And it's like, wait a minute. What message is that teaching? Yeah, it was... You can, you can be filled with hatred and anger and, and take revenge and, and take the law into your own hands and, oh, it'll all work out. Mm, yeah, not really the lesson. So it wasn't a true Not story. the values and the morals I want to teach my kids. Yeah, there were no consequences for the the bad the yeah. bad choice of, of letting revenge 
Okay, and then um, another method. Well, a lot. Another specific method way to teach values and uh, and morals is to be picky about friends, teachers, and coaches. And we've said this. I think I think we've said this before. You can't be too careful who teaches your children. You can't. You can't be too picky about who teaches your children because they have a lot of influence. Sometimes they're with your children more than you are. And so it is imperative and critical that the people who are teaching your children have the same values and morals or at least support the values and morals that you are trying to teach your children. Um, and then, of course, the last I, the last of our many suggestions on teaching morals and values to children is to have one-on-one time with the kids. That goes a long way. A lot of times, concerns, ideas, thoughts will come up during the discussions or during the walk or during that one-on-one time. Dad, why did blah, blah, blah happen? Then you can teach. It's a teaching moment, and it's great. Or you... they'll tell about problems that they're dealing with. Exactly. And, or, and if you're there and you're listening and they know that you care, sometimes they'll ask you, what should I do? And it's great. Boy, and there's nothing you, better, Hannah. Nothing yeah, better when a, a sudden... kid is willing to listen. Because you, as a parent, you have that knowledge, but you have that love and concern for the child, and you will not lead them astray, (laughs) hopefully. You know, I was thinking about one-on-one time this past week, and I just gave birth to twins, and so I'm not really up and about that much right now. So I started like inviting my little kids to, just one of them, to come help me make dinner. Uh And it's so, it's funny because... It's been one-on-one time, and, and they started begging, is it my turn to help you make dinner? Because they loved that 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 attention. That and attention. I thought, I was yeah. like, yeah, you know, this one-on-one time, uh, like on Sunday, I, I was cutting one of the kids' hair, and I asked Trixie to come cut the other kid's hair. We had the best time visiting together and, and and bonding and talking while we were both busy cutting little kids' hair together. And Invite your children to your already planned activities, but just make it a one-on-one time. You know, yeah. running errands. I do that when yeah. I have, I got to go to the store to return this. Okay, it's your day. Come with me. And may, with- maybe I'll get them a treat when we're in line, but maybe not. It's just that one-on-one time. Yeah. Of, anyway, so so don't feel like oh that's that's a big deal. I've got to nope. You know, make it work with what you're doing and what you're able to do. I'm gonna go work in the yard. Come with me. You know, I, just, I have to make dinner in the kitchen. I'm gonna go change the oil come in the car. Come with me. You, you know, come with, and it yeah. became a very pleasant, relaxing. And time. they learned something too. Yeah. Hopefully. Okay. So, and it, here's the nice thing: this is the Money Pants program, the Money Pants app has these goals and these these things that you can schedule already as part of your app. You have 10 daily habits yeah. and that like we, allow you to, to incorporate these values into your family and into your life. Yeah, so we had a previous podcast where we talked about how one of at least one of your goals should be a physical goal. And mm-hmm. we talked all about why that is, why you should have a bedtime in there, why you should have exercise in there. Why it was important that that would be included each uh, um, in your within your habits mm-hmm. and your goals that you're setting. Likewise, you should always be including things to help yourself spiritually and to teach your children yes, values. Yes, and that's why because they are going to be amazing. If you're using money pants, they're going to have amazing skills, amazing abilities. But you want to. P- Appoint it in the right direction. You want to direct it. You want to direct it that way. Direct it, those it's amazing not a guarantee. Yeah. It's not a guarantee, but it will definitely increase the odds that things go continue to go in the right direction. Well, and that's just the thing, though, is when you set up these money pants goals, it helps you focus that energy, that those superpowers in the right direction. But it also, when you're setting the goals... Ideally, it should be that moment of clarity and introspection of this is what I really want. So then when you get busy or you're tired or whatever, you don't have you're not you're not changing your goals because it's already written out. This is what I really want to accomplish. And this is these are the superpowers I'm trying to develop. And so it helps you so you don't lose sight of where you're really trying to go. And it does. It helps you. It helps direct your superpower development. And so, you know, things like attending church, date night with the spouse, 
prayer and scripture study, one-on-one time with the kids, doing a good deed, you know, as the Boy Scouts say, a good turn daily. Uh, reading books to your kids. Having family devotional. And these are all goals that you can set with the app that will help you to get that time and that focus yeah, to teach your, family, children, you know. teach your children those morals and values. Not just your children, the whole family. Every member of the family should be encouraging each other to develop those morals and those those values that are conducive to a superhero and not a supervillain. Anyway, I think that's it. <laughs> those are kind of all of our thoughts on making sure that you don't train supervillains. <laughs> and if you like what you hear in this podcast, please tell your friends. They may want to listen too. We may share something that they're looking for. We may have an answer to one of their questions. And if you have a suggestion for a future podcast, go to our website under support and click contact us. Send us an email and we'll get right on it. And that's it for today. Enjoy some of Falcon Jasper's indubitably interesting intonations. We'll see you next time.